Idgits, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me as always... is his wife, Penny. And today is a very special episode. It's Woo-hoo. a season finale. Yes, season three, episode 16, the finale of the shortened season, thanks to the writer's strike back in the day. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you're paying attention, only 16 episodes, so writer's strike shortened it down. Kind of wonder what they would have done. Do, have you ever heard if they if they had plans for what to do with the other episodes? Was it going to be Monster of the Week filler or what? Because it really seemed like they got this full story in. Not really sure. All I know is when the writer's strike was originally announced, Mystery Spot was going to be the final episode. Um, I'm not sure. Why. Oh, that would have been lame as hell. Yes, it would have. Um, but so they got a few more episodes. So no. Don't yeah, really I mean, I love Mystery Spot. Definitely one of my favorite episodes. But to think of like the season finale on that as a fan, I'd have just been like, hey, what? You're right, because it didn't have the <laughs> hellhounds. It didn't have. It didn't have anything. It just had, it the, just had the trickster, who's not even a part of any of this. The the season long uh, show. I mean, we saw the trickster earlier in a previous episode, but previous season, right? Yes. Yeah, so that would have been super lame and weird and awkward and left everyone scratching their head as to, oh, I don't think this show knows what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a pretty good wrap up. Um, I liked it. Uh, before we get into this episode, though, we normally chit chat just a little bit beforehand. Anything else you got going on? You want to discuss, conversate? No, not really. I Yeah, no. Got Can nothing. I just bring up how I'm still annoyed? that Piggly Wiggly only sells Thanksgiving dinners in in an eight <laughs> in eight servings but in the year of the covid you're not allowed to go visit or have visitors i can't wrap my head around it why didn't they think about that i have no idea but dan and i is this the two of us five of you call the dogs but they don't really count for thanksgiving dinner um I'm just thinking these, I would just have you buy a turkey breast and go from there. I have everything else pretty much here. Yeah, I guess that's probably what we'll do, huh? So, we'll just yeah. scratch together everything else. No problem. But you're right. They should have offered, it. like I said, even if they had like a meal for four. Four would have been perfect for us because it's you, me, and the dogs. And, right. I mean, we love sharing scraps with the dogs, and they'd have really got, loved it, too. And we'd had leftovers for turkey sandwiches and things like that. But, yeah, when they start a uh, meal for eight. <laughs> sorry. Eight, and then it starts, so it starts at $65. So it's like, you know, big turkey and the basics. And then you move up to, into, like, the granddaddy, you know, the bunch of little side dishes. And that's 85 And, I'm, I mean, that's the one I'd want. If I'm ordering food like that anyways, I might as well get a bunch of fun stuff. You know, like ordering a Chinese takeout. <laughs> exactly. You don't just order the one thing you want. You order about three things that you think you might want to eat tonight and maybe into the next week. <laughs> so that's what I, I mean. That's really what I envisioned in my head was Chinese takeout, but like Thanksgiving style. I don't think they bring it in the little white boxes. though. God, I hope not. <laughs> Big turkey legs sticking out of one of those boxes. All right, moving on, because I'm sure it's not Thanksgiving or COVID season or anything by the time you're listening to this. You're just hearing two old people bitch about the Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) (laughs) And they think, is that really the name of a store, Piggly Wiggly? Yes, it is. Oh, I think everyone knows the name Piggly Wiggly, though. It was so so highlighted in Driving Mrs. Daisy. (laughs) 
I'm sure, but not everyone saw that movie. But you do see it mentioned once in a while on TV shows. So, yeah. I think it's because it's so fun to say. Bigly Wiggly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this. Uh, we're talking about Supernatural Season 3, Episode 16, titled No Rest for the Wicked. And right away, Penny's arms shoot up in the air, and she puts a big grin on her face like the Shusher cat because... Recap time is Wayward Son. Yeah, carry on my Wayward hey, Son. Starts playing. So this is the first time we've heard it on Netflix. And uh, I don't know. It's fine. I, I guess you've burnt me out with that song so much. It's, I mean, back in the day, you used to play that like 50 times a weekend. I know. That's when I was drinking. You were really naughty with that song. You'd and make everyone that walked into our house listen to that damn song, too. And the thing is, um, when it was aired on the CW, they played that song on every season finale, um, except for the first season. They played it on the second to last episode of that season so it has become synonymous with sam and dean me when i hear carry on my way we son i mean i think sam and dean winchester i think a lot of people actually think that nowadays and it kind of became supernatural's unofficial yeah uh, i think a lot of people think of it as the supernatural song now exactly okay so we get the story so far uh it's you know, I actually like tucked in and I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to sit here and rest for about five minutes. But this recap was not long at all. They Ew. plowed right through. They went, Dean's contract. Here's Lilith. Here's Bella. Here's Ruby. There's Hellhounds. Let's go. Right. The recap was basically the whole season recap. And they did do it rather quickly. Very short. It was like a, a second or two from each episode, it seemed. Not a long time, All right. for sure. Well, we come, uh, the episode starts, it says now, and we see Dean running through the woods. It's a thick, brush, you know, thick brushy woods. There's uh, steam and smoke in the background. It's kind of an odd camera angle. He's looking frantic, like he's running from something. And then uh, he comes up on a dog, and then Dean turns around and starts running back the other direction. He gets caught, but then wakes up. We know it's just a dream. Yeah, he was dreaming of what he thinks is coming up. So now, the one thing, though, that I even paused and I said, you're seeing what I'm seeing, right? I believe that that opening is a complete homage to Evil Dead when Ash goes through the woods. It looks the exact same. No, I do not think so. All right, well, Besides, listeners, please tune in and uh, Dead, please comment and tell me I'm right. That was filmed at night. This was, this was a daytime scene. Uh, no, it, well, there's like a twilight no, it's kind of a twilighty. I mean, you can. It's not dark when that happens. I mean, the movie, but that whole him getting drugged through the woods was like the next day when that happened. And I think that's Evil Dead Two, where he really gets yanked around, pulled around the woods by a demon, and that's really. It's twilighty. You can see like steam in the background or smoke. Well, or that something. entire movie, you can see steam or smoke in the background. <laughs> they were laying on thick with that special effects. Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, I should have to watch that again because I don't really remember it being night. Oh, hell no. I am never watching that movie. What? sucked. Ah. I will say the Evil Dead series, it's different. It's, <laughs> it's definitely different. It's stupid. <laughs> I can't believe I was actually scared by that first movie when I was a kid. There's a series now on Netflix. We should check it out. 
All right, well, let's get going. We're never going to get through this. So Dean wakes up. Uh, it was just a dream. And we see that he was reading up on hellhounds. I guess trying to figure out what's going to chase him down and drag him to hell, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Well, Sam uh, comes in, tells Dean that Bobby has found a way to find Lilith. I mean, this is great news. They've only got 36 hours to go, and now they know where their target's at. During this whole conversation, though, like Dean brings up that he just wants to drink cervezas, go to the beach, maybe take in a donkey show. Yet again, a reference for children. This is not a show for children. Well, the other thing, too, is I don't think that there's ever been proof that a Tijuana donkey show has actually ever been a real thing. No, it's just rumor, urban legend. That's yeah, that is a solid urban legend. And I'm not going to explain it to you. No, if you don't know what it is, you don't need to know. No, because it's stupid and it doesn't exist. Sam assures Dean, though, that he's not going to hell. He's going to help him however he can. Uh, but we see Dean looking at Sam. His head is, like, glitching and freaking out and wagging around and going nutty. Yeah, Sam's head looked very, very weird. You know what that looked like? It looked like that when that one guy plays the video games and sometimes the people glitch out. <laughs> you know, the, the computer characters don't know, like, which way to look or whatever, and it just flickers everywhere. Game it out with Josh. Game, Yeah, let's game it out with Josh. Yeah, it looks exactly like some of the stuff that he shows us. <laughs> so I kind of chuckled at that. I'm like, hey, Josh. Uh, and then it's the opening graphic. Coming back from that, uh, we see the boys. They're hanging out with Bobby. And he's got some sort of really cool-looking pendulum set up in a tripod over top of a map. Tripod. Tripod, uh, yeah, not tripod. Not tripod. Tripod. Um, well, the, you know, the tripod is just the smaller version of the tripod. <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> okay. That's an Apple reference. <laughs> iPod, gotcha. iPad. Got I it. gotcha. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um... So I guess this thing is like just some sort of uh, where's my phone sort of detector because he starts it swinging. He says a couple of Latin words and then it like pinpoints where she's at. And uh, he's really proud of the accuracy, too. He's like, boys, I can tell you right where she lives. He's all excited uh, over his little contraption. Uh, Dean doesn't think, though, that this is a good idea to go after her because they all might die in the process. Sam assures him that they have the weapons to handle the situation, and if we summon Ruby, we'll even get some more help. And then the yelling and screaming begins. Right, and the reason Sam wants to contact Ruby is because they're hoping to get her demon-killing knife from her. Yeah, I mean, and Sam like seems to trust Ruby, and Dean absolutely does not. No, he does not trust her at all, but... Uh in this uh, in this little argument back and forth, I'm, I don't even like comment on what they're arguing about anymore because it's so obvious. It seems to just Sam, you know, Sam's afraid that uh, Sam doesn't want Dean to go to hell, and Dean's afraid Sam's going to die in the process. It's right. the same argument over and over and over. And and part of Dean's argument to Sam is we don't know, you know, Ruby's a Ruby's a demon. For all we know, she works for love. Yeah. And that's possible. We Absolutely. Just, we just don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't trust Ruby at all. Yeah, you don't trust a demon. Uh, even, here's what was surprising, though, is even Bobby kind of pi pipes up during this uh, yelling and screaming match. And that Dean yells back and uh, yells at Bobby, puts his foot down and says no to the plan. I was really shocked that Dean showed that level of disrespect to Bobby. Well, I think the only reason Dean 
did that is because, like you said, he did not want Sam and Bobby to. No, it's fine to like disagree with their point, but the raising of the voice, him barking, no, <laughs> it's kind of like, dude, fuck off. Shows the respect for your elders. Yeah, and, well, your dad's best friend, the guy that's been fucking helping you out the whole time, like, chill out, man. Just don't bark at him. He's a good guy. Exactly. Um, Bobby then uh, puts on his coat and he says, all right. I'm going to go find something else to help us then. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, like new friends that don't yell at him. <laughs> All right. Well, we see, uh, next we see Sam is summoning a demon. And I put in my notes, uh, did we talk about this before? Can you really summon a demon with a series of specific Latin words? Well, according to Supernatural, you can. Yeah, you have to have certain ingredients, uh, the Latin words. Um, yeah, they Okay, but real life, I'm talking now. I don't know. Okay. I thought you'd have strong opinions on that. Why would you want to? It'd be my thing. Oh, no, yeah. And that's, everyone says don't dick around to the Ouija board because that's just like a homing beacon for them. Exactly. So. Well, uh, the summoning ritual worked because, what do you know, Ruby shows up, uh, Sam asks, like, how do you get here so fast? And then she brings up the, she's like, I got a Super Bowl jetpack. Okay. <laughs> the Super Bowl jetpack. I talk about how old their references are sometimes. This is, like, really old. Why didn't she say James Bond jetpack to maybe have some more people know about it? But this whole, the Super Bowl jetpack was, like. That goes back to the 70s, doesn't it? I, don't I think, think it, goes... it was 82. I oh, remember 82. watching I remember watching the Super Bowl at the Clock Tower Inn at a corporate affair. Um yeah, and I thought it was around 81, 82. I mean, it was right it was after the James Bond movie, right? It was it's the exact same technology. I have no idea. Is that Bond jetpack? Which is so dumb. You know how that thing works? Those, that little strap-on jetpack that you can like hover around for a couple of minutes and then set back down. How does it work? They, it's it's a combination of hydrogen peroxide and aluminum. Those tanks are filled with like really uh, refined pure hydrogen peroxide. It pumps out of those tubes. It goes past like an aluminum mesh, and at that point, a crazy chemical reaction happens that turns all of it into steam. And then that's what blasts you out. You just kind of control how much peroxide you drop into this aluminum mesh or whatever oh okay cool that's all it is there's no fire on there or nothing it gets really hot because of the crazy energy transfer but yeah that's all it is yeah I'm trying it's not to, even igniter on that thing i'm looking up uh what when you yeah super bowl jetpack love a god then it says i have to can't have ad locker i will screw you all right well <laughs> someone else can tell us about the super bowl jetpack but that is old. That is early not early eighties. I think it's eighty two or eighty three probably. Um, actually what I'm showing here from the Smithsonian magazine, Jetpack Pilot at Super Bowl One in nineteen sixty seven. Oh, so they did this a couple of times then. Yes. Okay, well, it has a little bit better if it wasn't just at one random Super Bowl, but at the first one. The they were really proud of that James Bond technology. And then they do have a picture of Jetpack and P. Suter at Super Bowl 
1985. His last name was Suter? Yes, S-U. P. Suter? <laughs> he peed in a suit? Yeah. You know that guy got tons of jokes. Right. To pee in your suit, P. Suter? All right, moving on from the Super Bowl jetpack reference that's insanely old and not rock. Because you were thinking it was classic rock references. Usually, yes. Um, not always classic rock. I mean, the names that they use for their FBI names, the fake names, are nine times out of ten are going to be classic rock references. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they do have some other, you know, like... Dingo ate my baby crazy and things like that and mystery spot. Yeah. That's not classic rock. That's Dingo ate my baby. I mean, that's Seinfeld, right? Or was there something before Seinfeld, actually? Seinfeld was probably referencing something else that I don't know about now, right? Yeah, because you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, you are. Back in the day, I don't remember what year it was, um, some woman claimed Dingo's drug her baby away. Okay, and they find out the mother really killed the baby I or something? I have no idea. But that's where the dingo ate my baby came from. <laughs> wow. I thought it was just Elaine blowing someone off. No. All right. Well, uh, Sam lets Ruby know, hey, we're ready to fight. Can I uh, get your knife from you? She doesn't think that they're ready at all. Doesn't really want to hand it over. Ruby asks, though, if they still have those hex bags filled with the hookoo dust, poodoo dust. It's not what are in those hex bags. It's not the goofer dust. She goofer gets, dust, yeah. She Hex bags so that Lilith, so they could hide themselves from Lilith. Oh, I thought the hex bags were filled with goofer dust. No. All right, because we see goofer dust used later. Yes, we do. They got all their tools with them. Um, so, yeah, so she wants to make sure that they still have them on so that they stay cloaked. Ruby now claims that she knows how to save Dean, where before she said she didn't, right? Or is it impossible? Well, first she told Sam, and then she admitted to Dean that she didn't. But now she says, yeah, there is a way. Well, she says, I can't save him, but you can, telling Sam that he can save him. Yeah, that his talents, uh, his visions, uh, he's got powers, but they're all just dormant. Uh, Sam doesn't believe her all that much, though, in all this, because he doesn't have any powers right now. He's not experiencing anything or has not learned how to use them again or whatever the deal is. Right. He hasn't used them since Azazel was killed. This conversation is fairly long. There's a lot of back and forth go that goes on about who's lying to who, who's saying what because they're not ready. It's just kind of a big knot of nonsense. I don't know. But Ruby claims that she has never lied to Sam. Do you believe it? No, I don't believe it. All right. Dean shows up and calls her slutty Yoda. <laughs> Which I thought was weird. Like, has she acted slutty? Well, she's a demon, so I think Dean is just assuming that she's slutty. Weird. Well, Dean wants uh, the knife and for her to leave. Like, basically, give us the knife and you need to go. Then all the yelling starts again. <laughs> Ruby, though, wants Lilith dead, supposedly. They call each other names. This is between uh, Dean and uh, Ruby. They start calling each other names, everyone starts fighting, and Ruby easily beats the boys up. Dean, though, in the struggle, was able to pickpocket the knife off of her and get her trapped inside of a demon trap. 
he knew that she was he knew that Sam was gonna summon her anyways, so he got everything prepared to right. sucker her. Exactly. Yeah, actually uh Dina's the one that started the fight. He punched Ruby and then so she punched back and then Sam got involved and yeah, she pretty much beat the crap out of those two boys. Yeah, exactly. The boys leave and leaving Ruby behind, yelling insults from the basement. Go to commercial break, come back. Sam and Dean, uh, we see them getting guns ready in their gear. Sam worries that Ruby might be right and that they're missing a trick. And at this point, I am completely sick of this conversation because this is going to be the third time in this episode so far that they've had the exact same argument about trusting Ruby or not. And I'm like, move on with it. Right. Yeah, and at this point... Hold on, I gotta get the dog in because he's barking. Continue. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish that thought. Well, Dean reveals that he's just afraid of um, getting Sam killed in the crossfire. Dean wants to go after Lilith the old-fashioned way with the knife, just like Dad would have done. And I, then I think to myself, Dad's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe he should try a different tactic, but okay. Yeah. And then there's some sort of joke about Eye of the Tiger. I missed it. What was that about? Oh, gosh. I would have to go back to that page. All right. Well, there's an Eye of the Tiger. I think he was, like, saying lyrics out of it or something accidentally, and he got called out on it. No. This is in this episode... Sam tells Dean he totally should have been jamming his goodbye speech to Eye of the Tiger. Oh, all right. <laughs> what a line. Good job, writers. Oh, but <laughs> in the future, this is going to be funny. Okay, good. I look forward to the payoff. So Lilith, so we learn, though, that Lilith is on vacation, and then Dean wonders aloud, what, I wonder what demons do for fun. And we learn pretty quickly, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the top of everyone's mind, is like, yeah, where do demons go for fun? We see two old guys talking outside by the mailbox, and one guy palmed a note to the other guy with uh, Help Us wrote on it. Back inside, then, that, that guy that palmed the note, back inside, he walks in, and we see someone dead laying on the floor with flies on him. And there's a bunch of adults, uh, I think they're on the kitchen table or dining room table, they're all sitting around scared as hell of this little girl and it's just like twilight zone with little billy moomy sending people to the cornfield it's the exact same situation yes it is and what what dan failed to mention is that lilith was possessing this little girl oh yes 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 so that's why they were so afraid of her and had the power to do all this stuff yeah uh, this little girl she came down from upstairs with blood all over her uh, shirt, and they're like, hey, where'd you get the blood? And it's like, oh, Mr. Freckles was mean. Like, Jesus, what'd you do, rip him apart? So, yeah, at this point, we don't know if Mr. Freckles was a dog or a cat. I just don't want to know. <laughs> I'm assuming he's a cat, because dogs aren't mean. <laughs> Some are. Uh, one guy um, asked, to be, asked, like, hey, when can we, like, go? When can we leave? And then that little girl just starts creeping on them and tells them all not to be mean. That's when really the whole Bill Moomy thing kicks in hard is, is the whole, you don't want to go anywhere. No, I guess not. I love you. It's fine. Yeah, we all love you so much. We love it here. So this answers the question. We know what Lilith does for fun. She inhabits little girls and torments families. 
outside, Dean tries to leave, but the car won't start. Bobby comes up to the window and asks if they're going someplace and shows him that he's holding on to the car's distributor cap. And Bobby kind of uh, barks at Dean and Sam a little bit for uh, wanting to ditch him on this adventure. Yeah, uh, what you forgot to mention is that Sam and Dean are still at Bobby's. But yeah, this is where... (laughs) This is where Bobby comes up with the, one of the best lines. Do I look like a digital, digital prom date to you? Because he's thinking, hey, I want to go help as much as I can. Well, what's funny about this, though, is Bobby normally doesn't go on the adventures. He's just, like, stand by on the phone, answering questions, helping him out, giving him tips. We don't see him out and about fighting demons much, do we? Not a lot. I mean, he does... So I thought on. it was perfectly natural for them to leave him by. And plus, he said he was going off to find something else. I didn't realize it was going to be in his yard. <laughs> I thought he was, like, taking off into town to research a book or something. I think Bobby's got all the reference material he needs there. Well, Bobby then uh, calls out Dean for having hallucinations because the hellhounds are on his butt. Right. Closer you get to going to hell, the more of hell you see, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, he says he's piercing the veil, which which means that um, yeah he's gonna he's gonna be able to see more because he's getting closer to hell, so he's gonna be able to see more of hell when it's out here. So Bobby just says that he's gonna join them and uh, he's gonna follow in the car. By the way, did Bobby give them the distributor cap, or yes, did their did. car just magically work? Okay, no, he gave them the I, dis- distributor I missed cap. That. Yeah, because Bobby also says family don't end with blood, so Bobby considers the boys family. Yep. And we see that it's night, the boys are driving along, Sam starts to get sappy, but then Dean turns on the radio and starts singing. This whole singing thing goes on far too long, by the way. They nearly sang the whole song. Oh no, it just starts to end. It was Bon Jovi's Dead or Alive that was on. It was like three verses. <laughs> it did go too long, <laughs> but not the whole song. I, I thought Figure's Mission of Destruction would have been a much cooler song at that point, but that's just me. Our listeners can look that up. Uh, police car pulls out, pulls them over for a broken tail light. Cop comes up to the door, uh, asks for license registration, but Dean like opens up the door, knocks the cop over, punches him, takes the knife, stabs him in the neck. And sure enough, it was a demon. Cause we see all that internal sparky stuff happen. <laughs> right. At first it, it sounds like, what are you doing? You know, he did, he, cause Sam can't tell that it was a demon. Um, so yeah, this is where, you know, Dean's like, oh, he was a demon, sure enough, because like Dan said, when he stabbed him with that knife. Yeah, Dean reveals that he can see the real face of demons Mm -hmm. here. And commercial time. Back from there, uh, Bobby says that since he's close to going to hell, he can see the other side. This is where we get more explanation on that whole piercing the veil stuff. I guess they just kind of alluded to it a little bit, but here we get a full explanation. Right. And, uh... They figure then that Lilith might have demons everywhere, uh, so they go cover up the car in a bunch of branches and split. Yes, if Bobby mentioned that, you know, Dean being able to see demon faces will come in handy because that way they will know when they go into wherever they're going to find Lilith, they'll know exactly which which person is uh, possessed by a demon. Yep, back in the Twilight Zone, Billy Moomy House, <laughs> uh, we see the little girl ask... Uh, Asks the grandpa, hey, why'd you uh, ask our neighbor for help? And grandpa first tries to uh, 
pawn it off like no i didn't what are you talking about and then she's then she's basically like you make you're mean i don't like you and then she snaps grandpa's neck <laughs> and once again everyone is just scared and sitting around with you know trying to act like everything's normal uh sam and dean though they made it to the neighborhood they're outside the house i don't know peeking across the street or something like that no, I th- yeah, I think they're out right outside the house. I don't think they're peeking across the street at this point. But Dean can see the little girl and knows for sure that that little girl is a demon. And Dean looks around and he says, hey, the whole neighborhood's crawling with demons. Look at that mailman working at night. Look at Mr. Rogers there reading a book. <laughs> Pretty much everyone that he spotted was demonized. Yeah. Back in the Twilight Zone house, we see uh, the mom reading a book to uh, the little girl for the 28th time (laughs) mom's like on the verge of tears and exhaustion yeah she's just like oh kill me now uh the back outside though we see that the mailman has spotted dean and starts running after him pretty good move here because dean takes off running ducks behind a house around the corner like in back and sam was waiting for him right there as soon as dean ran by the demon runs right around the corner and then sam sticks him and he dies yeah sticks him with a demon knife from ruby that he got from ruby we see bobby uh like open up the city water supply say some latin words drop in a crucifix so we know that there's a bunch of water now is turned into holy water what oh yeah i was just gonna say uh, uh, almost like you had a question about that no i do not know how Mm. to make holy water no oh okay it's just no i had no question just telling you what happened Sam and Dean, then we see that they killed the old guy from the window. Mr. Rogers, who was actually a demon. <laughs> his name wasn't Mr. Rogers, but that's just what Dean called him. Our old pal Ruby then shows up and wants her knife back. And Dean's like, whoa, you are really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he also wondered how uh, she got out of the devil's trap. And she's like, well, there's a lot you don't know about me. Yeah, I wish they, they didn't explain it, did they? They just pawned it off. They're just like, ah, that's a next season problem to explain. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys go into the house, and the first the father catches them downstairs. Wait, 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 wait. you forgot something. Um, yeah, as they're arguing, then they notice Dean looks around. And oh, goes, yes, 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 yes. Everyone in the neighborhood's outside. They all got demonized, and a big herd chases them, basically. Right. So Sam, Dean, and Ruby get to the house. Like, what's taking Bobby so long? Well, all of a sudden, the sprinklers turn on, holy water. All the neighbor demons cannot get past it. Yeah, the demons that were close enough got killed, I guess, in the holy water sprinklers, and then it held the rest of them at bay. Well, it doesn't kill them, but it does stop them. All right. So they go into the house, uh, and Ruby's in there, too. The boys and Ruby. Uh, the f- it, and Bobby's not in the house, though, huh? Bobby's just outside tending to the water supply? I guess so, making sure that... <laughs> making sure the sprinkler stays on? Probably make- if any demon, well, if any demon crosses it, he's screwed because he doesn't have the demon knife. So I don't know what Bobby is supposed to do at that point. I go, maybe just call if someone figures out how to... <laughs> If a demon goes and grabs an umbrella, a <laughs> poncho, you know, some slicker pants and some boots. There you go. Some waiters. Yeah, give them a call. We see demons just heading to REI. <laughs> so the father, though, catches uh, 
catches the boys downstairs. Dean like quickly covers up his mouth and is like, hey, hey, chill out, chill out, chill out. We're here to help you. We're here to help you. I'm going to uncover your mouth and we're going to be quiet. And the father's like totally down. He's like, yeah, <laughs> this bitch has gone nuts upstairs. Um, they, Dean, though, says, okay, go downstairs, get some salt, lock yourself in. Well, the husband doesn't want to do that and leave the wife upstairs in danger. And Dean has no time to talk, so he just punches him once and knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. These magical TV punches, one-punch knockouts. Yet again, more brain damage. If that really happens to you in real life, you need to see specialists for a while. Probably, yes. Well, what I find amazing about television fights is some fights, a person can get knocked in the head repeatedly and keep getting back up. And the next time, yeah, one punch and the dude's out. It's like, okay, which is it? You can't have it both ways. Knocked in the head repeatedly. Just look at the entire Rocky series. Yes. All he does is get punched in the damn head. That's his superpower. <laughs> his, his brain is surrounded by foam or something. Um, I guess it's whatever the story is. It's horrible. You see her fight in real life, and I tell you, it's nothing like what it is on tv no it's not it's usually just a bunch of fat dudes rolling around okay so sam and ruby they creep upstairs uh sam's walking around with his knife out tiptoes into the little girl's room mommy and the girl are in bed and sam's got the knife up and right as i mean the mommy too is like kill her kill her kill her what? she just gets louder and louder like dude you're gonna wake her up no she's like do it because, you know, she's had enough of her shenanigans. Yeah, she doesn't want to read that story for the 30th time. <laughs> well, plus she doesn't want to get killed by <laughs> yeah, this possessed I, little I girl. It was a joke. Uh, but right then, as, as soon as... Uh, Sam, he's probably like, I don't want to kill a little girl. Uh, but right as he does go to stab her, Dean, like, steps in, stops him. Little girl wakes up, starts screaming, and then Dean explains, like, no, that's not Lilith anymore. And everyone's like, Okay. Sam asks Ruby, fine, what do I need to do? And at this point, Dean gets pissed and starts yelling again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sam says he'll do whatever Ruby's plan was. And Dean says, nope, sorry. But he tells Sam, you know, you got to keep fighting when I'm gone. Basically, <laughs> you're not going to do Ruby's plan. Because, you know, Dean still does not trust Ruby. She is, after all, a demon. Yeah, this conversation, I mean, this is one of the yelling conversations that just like slowly tapers down and chills out with someone just without someone just barking no and putting their foot down. It does like calm down and back down. And we see the clock hit mid hit midnight. We hear some hellhounds coming. And Ruby though turns and she's like, I am really sorry. I wouldn't worse wish this on my worst enemy. And a hellhound starts chasing them all around. Uh, this is when they pour out goofer dust. Yeah, they go into another room and cl close the doors and sort of pour out the doofer, goofer dust to keep the hellhounds out. And they're wondering, where's Lilith? Well, they quickly figure out that Ruby is now Lilith. Yeah. So the new blonde, grown-up Lilith goes up to Sam and says that she's always wanted to meet him and then kisses him. <laughs> Dean asks her what her big plan is. After he, she sends him to hell and kills the brother. Doesn't really sound like Lilith has much of a plan. 
No, that's pretty much her plan. You know, she held the contract for Dean, so want, definitely wants him to go to hell. Um, her plans for Sam was to kill him. After that, not really a whole lot. Maybe maybe that was all her life goals right there in one fell <laughs> Goals. Life goals. There goes the rest of my bucket list. Well, Lilith then opens up the door, and we see uh, Dean get ripped up and killed by an invisible dog. Lilith puts her hand out, and a really bright light flashes. When the light's all over, Sam is on the ground. Sam gets up, grabs the knife. Goes to uh, stab the blonde Lilith lady, or Ruby. I don't know who's in there, but a demon smokes out of her, and that body drops. Well, yeah, well, when Lilith was in Ruby, they asked, well, where's Ruby? And she's like, oh, don't worry, I sent her far, far away. Then I don't know what that whole bright light thing was about. I thought that whole bright light was maybe her getting the hell out of there and putting Ruby back in. No, because remember at the police station when she went, there was a different little girl in that episode, um, and asked for Sam and Dean, and they said Dean are gone. Um, and then Keep there was, going. There was that bright light, and yeah. the police station exploded. So Lilith, at this point, was trying to kill Sam. Oh. Yeah, well, she didn't accomplish that. No, she has no power over Sam, which is why she is afraid of him. <gasps> because, yeah, he just stands I up. am so glad you explained this plot point to me that I completely <laughs> missed. Okay, I didn't. I did not pick up on the fact that her powers are useless against Sam. Right. Here. But yet she was able to, like, telekinesis throw him against the wall. She was able to do that, but that's about all she could do. All right. Um... Uh, so we see both Dean and the girl, I guess we'll say demon meat suit, <laughs> poor blonde lady. They're uh, dead on the floor. Sam cries. And then finally we get to what I've been waiting for. We get to see hell. Woohoo! <laughs> it's a bunch of chains everywhere, a bunch of screaming. And we see Dean's got meat hooks through him, and he's screaming out help, asking Sam for help. Finally, we go to hell. <laughs> Glorious days. <laughs> Only 60 episodes to finally get to see what I've been waiting for. Hell does not look like a place where you want to be. Well, I don't, not in that part of it anyways. It's just a bunch of chains. Where's the cool stuff? Where's the pits? <laughs> Where's the spigots? I think that was a pit because, like you said, it was all chained up and the meat hooks in his flesh and it did not look like pleasant all righty um what was that thing that phil hendry always or rc collins always used to say when go to hell is like third pit on the left cook i have no idea oh man sorry i can't help i'm gonna that have one. to research that and have that ready for us the next time we get a hell moment <laughs> <laughs> oh i think we'll have plenty of hell moments in the future that's just my guess Neat. So, yeah, I mean, this was this is all right. I'm so glad they didn't end this on a happy note. I'm glad they finally killed some Dean off. He's actually in hell. They didn't screw us out of any of this. <laughs> it paid off. Woohoo! Yay! Because <laughs> I know he's gonna be back. Who watched this? Who honestly would have seen this episode and gone, Jesus, that show ended weird, and just like gone on with their life and then been surprised when the fourth season came out? No one. 
I suppose if you were a really big fan of the show and kept up with it and knew that there were probably more episodes coming, but I don't know. Everyone knew that there was more episodes coming. They aren't going to end a whole series on that. Three seasons in, just cliffhanger with someone dying? (laughs) What other shows have done something that crappy? I don't know. I mean, there's been other crappy endings to shows, sure, that get canceled and never have a payout. Or even ones that do have a final season, a series finale, and you're like, that was it? What? That was stupid. I did not like the series finale of the Battlestar Galactica from the early 2000s. Um, I kind of like the series finale of the 100. Other than that, I can't really remember too many of them. I love the series finale of MASH. That was perfect. Um, the pro, um, Mad Men series finale, all it did was it just left me wanting to have one more season. I just wanted, because I, I, I don't know if you followed that, but yeah, Don Draper like is all doing yoga and he's all stressed out and fucked up. But then while he just has this instant moment of clarity where supposedly he comes up with that whole have a Coke ad from the 70s with all the people singing you know right. like suppose the whole story was that he's the one that dreamt that up and i'm like oh god damn it that was the best that was the biggest most popular greatest ads tv ad ever in history why couldn't they have explored that for one season him becoming <laughs> superman of the advertising world i'm like fucking love you don draper i want to see you just blow up and you know live in a huge mansion or whatever you're gonna do i don't know I wanted to see him physically blow up because he was a man whore. Oh, Don Draper's the best character ever. Very now that I learned that his suit's hanging in the Smithsonian, talk about bucket list life goal. Oh, wow. Yay. <laughs> What's so sad, though, is that uh, the actor. John Hamm. He hates that character. He never wants to play it again. No, he does not like he it. He says it's too, he's too dark. He's too twisted. He's too effed in the head. I'm like, no, <laughs> you're perfect, sir. I want to be like you. I want my father to be like you. I want every man I know to be like you. Perfect in every way. No, he's not perfect. He's a man whore. Well, what he's a bit of about? a man whore. I mean, you don't have a to do it that wh- bad. But I mean, if it's got two legs and a vagina, he's pretty much there. He not never gone. He never slept with uh, Peggy. Don't. True, he never slept. I don't think and he ever. Peggy s- made a move on him too. And I don't think he ever slept with uh, Joan either. No, never slept with Joan. He's other than that, he slept with every. He doesn't fish off the company pier, <laughs> at least. <laughs> what about a second wife? Yeah, he slept around on her. No, he she was working there. Oh, son of a bee! You're right. He was her secretary. He, she was his secretary. Exactly. Ah, crumb. There shoots that idea. All right. Uh Well, Don Draper's a nearly perfect person. Just that, keep it in your pants, buddy. The strive, the the drive, though, love it. Oh, it's inspiring. (laughs) I watch that every winter to get me geared up and ready to work for a year. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And that all has nothing to do with Supernatural. Uh, Anything else? No, that's it. I can't think of anything else for this episode. Fiends and hell. The one thing I wanted to mention, though, is if no one knows all of that Twilight Zone, Billy Moomy references that we had, that is probably one of the best Twilight Zone. I mean, it ranks up in the top five. 
because it's so internally frustrating. I think that's what really grinds at people's, it's like, oh, it's just a little kid, just fucking wring his neck. But nothing you can do. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. little boy controls everything, and you're (laughs) effed. Um, What was, you know what, speaking of that, you know that there was a sequel to that episode, actually. Really? Yeah, in one of the newer Twilight Zone series, I think the one in the 90s. Because, like, you know, every 15 years they got to reboot Twilight Zone. Right, exactly. Yeah, in the 90s they actually had a sequel to that where Billy Moomy grew up, the world was back to normal, except now he had a daughter with the same powers, if not a little bit stronger than his. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, I I forget what the name of that episode is. Well, let me see. I'm looking it up. Uh... In 1953, Jerome Bixby wrote It's a Good Life. In It's a Good Life, that's it. In 1961, Rod Serling adapted it as an episode of The Twilight Zone. It's a Good Life set the pattern for anyone depicting a willful, capricious child with godlike powers and the captive, terrified adults who must smile and think nice thoughts or get turned inside out. <laughs> yeah, that is just the... I, I, that episode sticks out to, I think every adult that watches it just because you're like the frustration just the helplessness just this little shit doesn't realize what he's doing because yeah he like eventually eventually all that's living is just them in the house they don't have any food because all the crops have killed off there's no supplies because the rest of humanity's dead there's nothing except that house in a cornfield <laughs> that he sends people to Terrifying. Yes, it is terrifying. That's probably what it'll be like when the aliens finally visit us. They'll just have magical godlike powers and we'll be completely helpless. So that's a good thought. Oh, yeah. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, if that's all we have for season three. Yes, it is. Our next season. Naturally, before episode one is called Lazarus Rising. Awesome. So we're gonna get to uh, we're gonna get to see how Dean gets out of this pickle, I guess. Gets off the meat hooks and <laughs> back into the real world. <laughs> stop. Come on, Dean, stop hanging around. Let's go. Yes, and next season we get introduced to one of my favorite characters, who was also supposed to be a one or two episode character, and ended up being there for a lot more. And I'm not gonna tell you who this person may or may not be who just tell me castiel oh i don't know anything about him no, a brand new guy i thought you were talking about that skinny dude no garth no yeah i thought you were talking about garth no all right well we're gonna learn about castiel next season yes we are Nito bandito just a reminder we have a facebook group called armchair hunters come on over and chat with us uh we post the episode there every day so if you don't know how to use a podcast app (laughs) you can uh you can just join our group uh (laughs) we're laughing because yesterday we had a conversation about how some people don't know how to do podcasts we try to put it out there as many different ways as possible if you just look up couple of widgets i hope you can find us because we're at coupleofvidgets.com where every episode's up there you can also comment on them we have all of our social media and links uh, to get in touch. Uh, and my spiel, where do I go next? Oh, we uh, 
stream on uh, all the big platforms, Spotify, iTunes, bloopity bloopity bloop. Find it all at our website. So. Yeah, I was just looking at next season, what we're going to come up with. Uh, looks like we have, hey, full 22 episodes next season. Woohoo! Neat. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll talk to you tomorrow then. All right, everyone. I, I feel like I forgot something in my spiel. No, you talked about the Armchair Hunters on Facebook. You talked about a couple of com for our website. You talked about... Find us on podcasting apps. Yeah, oh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your friends' neighbors, tell anyone you know that's mildly interested in Supernatural or just has a lot of time and wants to listen to our two dumbasses. Give them a link to our website. Yeah, that'd be fun. Tell them it's fun. <laughs> you two can laugh. If, yeah, if you, you know, our listeners out there, yes, they could get their friends and then they could get all of, uh, to listen to us too and then they could laugh about laugh about us behind our backs. And that would totally hurt my feelings to have more listeners. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I don't want. Yeah, listeners. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, long episode. We're going to let you go. 